don't like it. I love it, love it, love it. Uh oh. So good it hurts. I don't all right, hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. Um, my name is Joe Bond, content manager here at So Called Fantasy Experts, and also <clears throat> owner of FantasySixPack.net. My co-host, which is um, fashionably late as always, is uh, AJ Applegarth, and he should be on here shortly. I did see his Skype name pop on, so that means he'll he'll be here soon. Um, so tonight we will be doing a little bit more of the same, uh, just recapping week three of the NFL and fantasy football, going over some running backs, some injuries, and uh, you know, going into some wide receiver talk, and then getting you ready a little bit for week four by talking about some waiver wire ads and then going into some players that, that we both like and dislike for the week. So I don't know about you all, but I got absolutely crushed this week in fantasy football. I seem to go against everybody in my league that scored 180 plus points, um, including my co-host who is still not here. <laughs> um, but he definitely had a killer week. I see the go against Steve Smith, Larry Fitzgerald, all the huge top performers of the week, and it was just one of those weeks where I kind of wonder why I still do this. Um, but no, it's still fun. Uh, I, I enjoy it most of the time. You, you have your your rough patches, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, you, know, you can't you can't get too down. It is just a game. We're all out here having fun with it. But so that said, um I want to get started by talking about some the changing landscapes of the running back situations in the NFL. And what I mean by that is the situations where you went into a season thinking one thing for a team, like it was going to be, especially in the case where it was going to be a lead back. We were fairly confident with the situation going in. They were, you know, a a first or second round pick in most cases because they were going to be that lead dog for the team. And you don't get a lot of those in the NFL anymore, but now quickly the, the tide has turned in favor of a committee or possibly even somebody else completely. And one of the first ones I want to talk about is CJ Anderson and Ronnie Hillman for the Denver Broncos. Now this is an interesting situation here because you get, you you get the, the, the lead dog and C.J. Anderson, and he had what a second half he had last year. Well, more like the last six games or so. But still, it was a ridiculous last few games for him, and he definitely deserved to be the lead guy. And there was no reason to think otherwise. I mean, yeah, he, you know, Ronnie Hillman performed admirably in his case, and had actually leapt over uh, Monte Ball 
on the depth chart during the preseason. So you kind of thought maybe he'll, you know, maybe he'll take some, some, uh, uh, some, some stabs at, at, at things and, uh, and, and take some reps and, and sorry, I'm trying to figure out some technical difficulties here with AJ. Uh, so he says he's logged in, but it is not showing him here. So I'm trying to figure out what is going on. So I apologize for the the brief delay there. <clears throat> but anyway, so you know, you kind of thought maybe maybe he, um, you know, Ronnie Hillman was going to take some of the the work work away, but week one. C.J. Anderson suffers a toe injury and comes in Roddy Hillman to to play the rest of the game just about, and he plays a lot better. He, you know, they both didn't play all that great. Uh, Anderson had 29 yards on 12 carries. Hillman had 41 yards on 12 carries. So he played better. The difference is um, that... Anderson had the four receptions, so he probably had a better day in most leagues because most people play in PPR. Now that said, and I think here is AJ finally. Hello. What's going on, man? Uh, just technical difficulties. Same. Of course. Same shit, different I, channel. I still, I still <laughs> blame it on, I, I still blame it on on Travis. He jinxed this this channel. Anyway, yeah, I, I I don't know what's going on, but no need to dwell. I'm here, and uh, let's uh, let's keep going. Yeah, so I was just talking about you know the changing landscapes of the running back situations here, and and I was getting into the Denver thing. So you know, C.J. Anderson was supposed to be the lead guy. Ronnie Hillman's kind of not. I wouldn't say he's completely taken over, but he's definitely made it a committee, and he's played he's played overall better on the year. Uh, yeah. so I just kind of want to get, you know, what, what do you, what do you think is going to happen here the rest of the way? And which well, guys I mean, would you, you rather want at this point? Well, I think it's, it's tough to gauge because if you look at, at the Denver running situation, it's fairly comparable to New <clears> England's <throat> running situation, as in they always do this kind of hot hand who's going to, do what, who's doing what for me now sort of deal. And Anderson was an absolute monster at the end of last season and took over the starting job coming into this year, rightfully so. But he hasn't done squat this year. And, and, you know, as an owner of Anderson, it's very disappointing um, to, to have to put up with this every week. I thought for sure that he was going to be able to get off the snide this past weekend against a, a pretty bad Detroit defense in terms of, you know, uh, stopping the run and everything like that. But he didn't do anything again. And Hillman shows up and, you know, gets the touchdown. And it's very frustrating as an Anderson owner. Yeah, I mean, neither one are getting a whole lot of yards though. So at least you've got a, at least you've got that. Like, I wouldn't say that Hillman has completely separated himself. I mean, yeah, him getting the touchdown is kind of frustrating, but um, yeah, I don't think he's completely separated himself either. I just, I don't know why he, you know, 
maybe he he was just designed for that play and whatever, and that's why he ended up getting the touchdown. But yeah, that that's what's frustrating to me is that neither back's really getting the yardage, and this running yeah. Uh, yeah, neither one core. has 100 yards on the year. That's kind of crazy to think. I didn't even realize that yet. That's, yeah. that's pretty bad. I think at so, this point, gotta, you got at, at this point, that situation, I think I'm staying away from both of them if I, if I can. Neither one are doing a whole lot. You know, you probably don't have many better options than Anderson if you, if you took him as your first round pick. You know, or early second round pick in in your leagues, but you know, hopefully you got lucky and you picked up some of these other guys that are doing pretty well later in the later in your draft, and you don't have to rely on these guys. But yeah, yeah I mean, the, sorry, keep going. Oh, I was gonna say. I, I mean, in in my case, I was just gonna mention that uh, you know Anderson was so touted coming into this year that he was a bona fide you know first round, second round guy. Um, and luckily for me, because I picked him up as a free agent, I used him as a keeper and, you know, was banking on that first, second round talent as my 10th round pick this year. So I'm not, I wasn't too hurt by it as some of these other people that drafted him, uh, you know, for real in those two rounds. Um, but it's still, it's still hard to, to deal with when, Mm -hmm. you know, the majority of my running backs are just terrible right now. Well, I think that's kind of across the board for a whole lot of people. Yeah. One of the other situations that you kind of already brought up and that was on my list of things to talk about was the New England Patriots. And that, you know, LeGarrette Blunt was supposed to be the guy. He had a great postseason, great end of the season, actually, for the mm-hmm. Patriots. You know, he wasn't going in first round quite like C.J. Anderson. That was, you know... I don't, you know, he definitely wasn't going to go in the first round, but he was suspended the first game, so he went later in drafts. People took chances on him anyway. I know I did mm-hmm. in one of my leagues. And then yeah, in comes Deion Lewis, and <laughs> he's taking the show over. Now, Blunt had a great game this past weekend for three touchdowns, but when you really look at that game, Deion Lewis was the guy that was on the field more so than LeGarrette Blunt, and yeah. was there in the beginning of the game, too. Um, and when, you know, when the game, I guess, mattered. So, but, uh, I mean, overall, Blunt played much better than Lewis, so maybe he takes some solace in that. But I don't know. Like, I I, kind of have this bad feeling that Deion Lewis is going to be the guy to own, and in the majority of the leagues that I'm in, he's gone. In fact, everything I'm in, he's gone. Um, You know, he's owned, actually, in 86 and a half percent of leagues on ESPN. Yeah. So he's gone in every single one of your leagues, I guarantee it. So I don't know. I mean it's definitely well, and, and he should too. be. He he's not he doesn't have a huge yardage total. Uh I mean week one was obviously his biggest total at sixteen or I'm sorry, sixty nine yards on fifteen attempts. Um mm-hmm. but two weeks straight now he's he's found the end zone with, you know, 40 yards or less, you know, 40 yards and 37 yards and only seven and eight carries. So I, I don't I know if, the, if I'm if I'm ready to plant the flag and say that he's he's the bona fide starter. I, I think Blount still had a little bit of rust, um, and, and Buffalo is a, is a great defense as it is. 
So I don't think they were going to be running much on them anyway. Um, but, you know, Blount had a ridiculous game this past weekend, and like you said, and to show that if this does become more of a timeshare, which Belichick is known to do, um, if not just change running backs every other week, <laughs> I could yeah. see this being, uh, and I'm, I was just going through it in my head trying to remember which team it was, but there's there's been a couple of teams over the past few years where you have that one running back who's pretty much the bona fide starter, but he's only really getting you yards between the 20s. And then in the red zone, they shift it over and they give it to this other power back. And, oh, and to me, like that's kind of... Well, yeah, I think that it, that's... I was thinking that it was the Eagles with, you know, LaShawn McCoy and, and um, you know, some of their other backs that they've had throughout where he's their guy through the 20s and gets him down there. Or like Brian Westbrook. Like, he wasn't really a big red zone guy when they had Westbrook. Um, so... I'm worried about that potentially coming to fruition here. But for right now, I, I think Blount kind of further secured, hey, this is my gig. You know, I, I was here and I did this, you know, did well for this team at the end of last season. Here's what I can do. Let me let me remind you guys what, what I can do. And, you know, 18 for 78 – and one touchdown would be a solid day for a running back. And you tack on three touchdowns against a, a poor Jacksonville defense. But right. it's, you know, that's, that's pretty think, solid. Yeah, I think the thing carrying Deion Lewis is, you know, it's not so much his rushing yards. He's actually not getting a whole ton of attempts rushing. Yeah, It's his, it's his, it's his receptions. He's got 15 receptions on the year. Uh, yeah. that's, that's that's a lot of receptions for a running back at this point of the season. Um, trying to see who the leaders are here for. Uh, you got Dunbar with 21, Ingram with 16. That actually kind of surprises me. Sproles with 15, and then Deion Lewis right there with 15. So he he's right yeah. there in the top three. So you know he's he's carrying a lot a lot more value in PPR leagues at this point. But I still think you know this is the guy that you're. I, I just have a bad feeling. And maybe it's just because I'm having horrible luck this year in fantasy football. But, you know, Deion Lewis is going to be the guy there, and Blunt's going to kind of get shoved out of the way. Um, But, you know, only time will tell. We'll see. So another another running back situation here, you know, another team that you thought there was one guy and then it switched to another is Cincinnati. And you've you've got Jeremy Hill there that, I mean, you're talking about how C.J. Anderson had a good second half of the year. Hill had the best second half of the season when it came to running backs as far as yards per per attempt and and everything else. So, uh, but... You know, he, he didn't have he, – he had a good first game. Then he fumbled in week two twice and got kind of pulled. And then in came in came Juvenard and ran for 123 yards on 20 carries. Completely outplayed Jeremy Hill. 
And then you thought, okay, week three, maybe maybe that was just a punishment for the fumbles. And even the coach said, excuse me, even the coach said so. But Bernard, there again, out-touches Jeremy Hill, out-snaps Jeremy Hill. And it's just the guy. Now, you know, they keep saying, oh, well, you know, Gio Bernard's going to be the guy when we're playing catch-up because they're in passing mode and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, did anybody else watch that game? Because until the very end, Cincinnati was winning that entire game. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, and it really has me worried as a Jeremy Hill owner. So I, I, this is probably one that I'm most concerned of out of the three that we've talked about so far, is that I think Drew Bernard has taken this over from CJ or from Jeremy Hill. And it's going to be Hill, Bernard's backfield right now. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, people kind of forget about Bernard. I mean, he was like an afterthought in drafts this year. Not necessarily an afterthought, but Jeremy Hill was here again, another guy who excelled so much at the end of last season. He found his way into the first, second round of the majority of drafts this year. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so again with based on the past performance you got to go with what what you've seen and you you know no one can predict the future uh 100 percent accurately so i think that that fumble game was the best thing to happen for geo bernard and his owners because you know he was there the year before hill you know two years ago and and he was kind of it, it playing that same role that Hill played last year. So, you know, he's still a solid, solid running back, and, and he can't be overlooked, especially now that, you know, both of them didn't really do that well against Baltimore, but Baltimore still has a very stout run defense. For for as many problems as they have on defense, their run defense is still very good. I mean, they're they're looking at fifth, in the league right now, they have yet to allow over 74 yards uh, to opposing running backs, and they've only allowed one touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've they've faced Denver, who is who we're talking about here. You know that they've got a, a revolving door, and then um, you know, but two solid running backs, Latavius Murray in Oakland, and I think Marcel Reese ended up having you know a bigger game. Than, than Murray uh, in that contest, but more probably in the passing game, but still. Uh, and then last week, you know. So it's not like they're they're going up against scrub running back squads right now. So it just worries me that, that Hill is, you know, they, they were saying in the Baltimore game, last week that, you know, Marvin Lewis is talking about how Hill doesn't have that personality where he's going to get down on himself about the fumbles. And that's not going to, you know, keep him in the mindset that now all of a sudden he's a, a running back who fumbles all the time. But he's still not necessarily getting the lion's share of the carries, which you figured he would when you're t- taking him in the first round. Um but I, I just think people kind of let Bernard slide by thinking that, 
well, he's already, you know, he's a backup. He's not going to be much, uh, much more than a third down back or a change of pace back, you know, for a couple of drives here and there. So that, that one, that one is definitely a, a worrisome backfield for fantasy owners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I own Hill in one league. I own Geo in another, you know, I'm not really too excited to have either one at this point, but I think I'm more excited to have Geo than I am Hill. So we'll, we'll see, you know, maybe it was game flow. I don't know. Last week was kind of weird. I expected Hill to have a much better game and he just got me nothing. The last, the last situation I want to talk about is the Alfred Morris, Matt Jones situation in Washington. So, you know, we all we all know what Matt Jones did two weeks ago. We all know what he did last week to this past week to owners and crushed them, um, fumbling into the end zone. But you know, at, to start the season, everybody thought it was out for Morris's backfield. He had a good week one. Matt Jones blew up in week two. And then, you know, coaches are going back and saying how Alfred Morris is still the lead dog, but Matt Jones still outcarried him. In fact, because the Redskins were down so much, the third down running the third running back on the team actually got more touches than Alfred Morris, which isn't a good sign either, but that's to be a little more expected. But uh, what do you what do you think about this whole situation here? Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, kind of back and forth here. Um, I mean, week two was kind of an anomaly with Jones really stepping up against, you know, uh, again, another somewhat solid rush defense in St. Louis. But 19 carries and he busts off 123 yards and two touchdowns compared to Morris who only had 18 carries. So he's right there in the touches, but he only had 59 yards. So his his average is a hell of a lot lower in that mm-hmm. game, um, and, and he's just really gone downhill from week one, where you go from 121 to 59 to 19. Um, I mean, he only had six six carries in last Thursday's game. So, I, I mean, I think that Matt Jones has potentially taken him over. Um, I, I still see him owned in only just under 69% of leagues, but I mean, he didn't do anything against the Giants either. And well, he was supposed you know, to. I just, <laughs> well, yeah, he was he was supposed to show up big time, and, wow. and he just fell flat. Fumbled, fumbled, fumbled out of the back of the end zone. Yeah, that's I, that's what I mean, though. It's like you have a guy who's coming off of, of the performance that he did and then he he coughs it up like that, you know, yeah. on his next potential end zone, you know, appearance. So, I, I mean, running backs are going to fumble. You, you can't get around it. There's very few out there that don't fumble, you know, a, a lot throughout the season. But based on what I'm seeing here, I mean, I still think, I think this one's just going to be back and forth all season long. And, and I don't want to own either of these running backs. I mean, for me, I, I don't really want to own anybody on Washington. No offense, but uh, None taken, you know, man. I just, totally. <clears throat> just based on, on what they're doing, I, it, it's too hard. It's too hard to own one of those guys, be able to feel confident putting them out there each week. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I tend to agree. But to keep with the theme of uh, running backs here, let's get into our week three coverage. Um, it was definitely the week of the running back, I guess, is what you if you want to call it that. You know, we've had the week of the tight end, the week of the receiver, and now we've had the week of the running backs. Um, and it was more so the week of kind of the unsuspecting running back, I, w- I would like to call it. So, you know, you, you've got guys like Joseph Randall and Devonta Freeman just completely blowing up in the same game. I mean, <laughs> I don't know of a whole lot of people that saw that coming. I mean, I think we all kind of had them ranked a little bit higher than – than you know we normally would just because of their opponent. Although Dallas had been pretty good against the run, but I still yeah. think everybody thought that they were still not that great. But you know, same time they had enormous games. This was kind of out of nowhere. Um, so congrats to those who actually you know played them in, in DFS or or anything else because you had two of the top four running backs, probably for a pretty cheap price there. Um, I know, I'm i pretty sure a lot of people had them on their bench in season-long leagues just because they weren't doing anything. Yeah, no, not so much against the guy I played. He had Freeman, and he absolutely destroyed me with his team. Um, but uh, this this week I did end up doing a, a, you know, a couple of uh, – of the DraftKings daily games and whatever, because you know they're there and it's uh, it's fun to do. But I I thought that you know going into it, I had a really good team and I kind of like played the strategy of trying to find some sleeper guys that were lower costs and still get you know solid guys that were uh, you know the higher cost that you expect to produce week in and week out. And then I checked check the scores halfway through and everybody is that's got Joseph Randall and, and Freeman are of just course. blowing everyone out of the water in, in draft case. And it's like, Oh my God, man. So I, I gave up on even watching it because I'm like, yeah, I'm not catching these people. And, and it's no, just like every other not. highlight was, was these two guys, you know, in my matchup, the guy that had Freeman, um, it, you know his his projected points just kept going up and up and up and like he was creeping up the whole whole early afternoon games and it was not fun to watch but yeah those guys kind of came out of nowhere I think Dallas you know the fact that they played each other is is kind of ironic as well just with you know Tevin Coleman going down you know you knew that it was Freeman's show at least for that game. But like you said, Dallas has had a pretty good defense. So you didn't ever predict that. Yeah, that was uh, that was a very – I was watching Red Zone. They kept switching back to that game, and it was just Randall, Randall, Randall. I'm like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was definitely kind of weird. So some other, some other running backs that kind of had really good – Good, uh, good games. You know, we already touched on Legarrette Blunt. Not a whole lot else to say there. Alfred Blue actually had a good game um, and for for Houston. Although it might be a little a little too late there, as as uh, as it appears that Arian Foster is on his way back this week. Um, 
That's the reports I'm reading that, that Foster might be back. But Blue had a good game, over 140 yards and a touchdown. So that's, that's good to see that. Um, but I think people who took him were hoping to get you know more of that earlier on in the year. But he uh, was not doing a whole lot for them. And then the other guy is uh, our good old friend CJ2K, if you can call him that anymore. And what what a what a big week for him. Probably also too late because because Ellington is going to be coming back this week. But it does make things interesting for sure. You know, Calvin or Chris Johnson hasn't been total trash in in the two games that he started. He got 20 carries against Chicago for 72 yards, and then this past week, 22 for 110 and two touchdowns. Uh, I know that I actually had both him and Blunt in one of my leagues, and I benched Chris Johnson at the last minute for Blunt. So it kind of ended up working out, but at the same time, it was like, who really cares? I should have draw- I should have benched Jeremy Hill. Uh, yeah. I would have been much better off. In fact, I think I would have won, but oh well. But Yeah, yeah I so- mean, those, those two guys, uh, just a real quick uh, snippet here. So the guy that I played, had Benny Cunningham for Chris Johnson on a waiver on last Wednesday and also dropped Alfred Blue for Devonta Freeman on a waiver oh, last last Wednesday. So he had both of those guys just absolutely demolish me along with a couple <laughs> other guys. But, That's but it's like funny, he, he, he didn't give up much with Blue. Um I mean, he lost a, a a great game out of blue, but he had an even better game from Freeman. So it's, it's yeah, that's crazy. That's pretty crazy. That is definitely pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So I mean, the week of the unsuspecting running backs. You know, it'll be interesting to see what we get this this week. Um, you know, we've a, a lot of the top running backs this past week were. Were guys that were you know your second tier kind of running back to flex kind of plays, so thought that was interesting to see. Um, but then the, the next topic I want to get into here is just kind of the the trend we're seeing with some of these older receivers in the NFL. You know, some are doing really good and some are doing horrible and i'll start with the bad and end with the good here you know roddy white marquis colson and andre johnson i know for one i wasn't really on the roddy white train he was having injuries in the preseason he's really disappointed the last couple of years anyway um but a lot of people were back on that train and and really liked him so you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit there and say that, that I didn't really like him. But at the same time, um, so the, where that one doesn't surprise me as much, but like Marquise Colson and Andre Johnson, um, I mean, they, they're they just having pitiful years. It's, I mean, what do you, God, I was all over Andre Johnson this year and Colson. Yeah. You know, I thought they were both going to have phenomenal years. I'm a sucker for Andre Johnson, A, because of the initials, B, because of 
him being <laughs> on my team for, you know, one of my championships a few years back when he just finally stayed healthy and put it all together and absolutely dominated. Um, I, I love Andre Johnson. I still do. And I was very high on him coming into this year, finally getting a quarterback. Yeah, right. Knows I mean, what he's doing. Um, but we've already talked about Andrew Luck and his, you know, non-luck for this year so far. Um, so I think that's what's really killing Andre. But, you know, Luck had a better game this past week, and Johnson still is just a complete afterthought in that offense right now. Um, and with, with guys like Moncrief coming up and, you know, he's he's picking up a lot of slack and playing really well, it's not a surprise to see that. Colston, I kind of attribute a little bit more to, you know, Drew Brees not being there last week and kind of being injured in week two and possibly even week one. But, I mean, he's looking at at 11 total receptions this year. He hasn't cracked 70 yards in a single game. He has no touchdowns. I mean, he was a guy that I was looking at in the later, you know, mid to later rounds as a potential sleeper to try yeah. to take some of those those targets that, you know, were going to Jimmy Graham. Absolutely. He's he just, he's kind of a kryptonite for me at that point because I've had Colston in the past and gotten burned by him too. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm lucky. I'm fortunate I didn't get him in any of my leagues at this point, but I do own some of Audrey Johnson. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't jump on Roddy White, and thank God I did not jump on Roddy White there. I mean, he's been, he's been donut twice in a row now. I mean, zero catches in two weeks in a row. Yeah, he's he's been passed by Leonard Hankerson, and that's bad. I mean, that's yeah. that's pitiful. Um, but on the reverse side of that, I mean, two guys that are absolutely destroying it right now. And one that you should be very familiar with in, in your yep. destruction of me this weekend is uh is Steve Smith. I mean, where's this coming from? Two weeks in a row he's got double digit catches, you know, he has like what did he have, hundred and eighty yards this past week? I'm just or am I totally making that up? It was something ridiculous. No. Yeah, he uh he stuck it to you good with 13 receptions for 186 and two touchdowns. 43 yeah, I'm like six points. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was, uh, he alone. Week. You take Steve Smith's score away from my score, and our matchup becomes a pretty close matchup. Yeah, That's you how had badly all the I beat you this week. You you had all the high score of it in your face. Oh, you, but <laughs> you you scored 180 some points. You would have beaten a whole lot of people in our league. I think everybody. So I, uh, almost, yeah. There's a couple others that were a little higher than me, but yeah, there were a lot of high no, scores week, and I was not my one team. Of them. <laughs> my team just exploded this week, and uh, it was crazy. Steve Smith was was the best scoring player on my team. I, I it's tough to explain. I mean, I I felt that I was looking at him in, in my drafts, and obviously since I got him in our league, but, I mean, he's coming off of a game against Denver where he had two receptions for 13 yards, and you're looking at it when you draft him like, this is awesome. The guy is at the end of his career. This is probably what he's going to put up. And then he rattles off two double-digit reception games and 150 yards 
minimum in each one. I mean, that's huge production. So I, I don't know if I see that maintaining. I'd love for it to. But, I mean, without Torrey Smith there, you have no Dennis Pitta there. Don't have any options of who to pass it to. Their running game is atrocious. And they're not really getting, you know, little screen passes dinked and dunked to them. So they're bombing at the Smith every chance they get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, there's Larry Fitzgerald who's kind of having a resurgent season. You know, he's not quite up there in age like a lot of these other guys that we've mentioned, but, you know, he's still on the older side of, of receivers, and you don't usually see 32-year-old receivers have starts to the season like he is. He's got five touchdowns. You know, he's had two 100-plus games. He's having himself one hell of a season, that's for sure. Um, so... You know, I said it all along to people, if Palmer can stay healthy, Larry Fitzgerald is going to have a good season. I wasn't expecting something this good, but yeah, um, absolutely I know so. I know I've got Fitz in one of my leagues. I can't remember which one now at this point. In, but, uh, in ours. He was, oh, he, is it ours? Him and, yeah, him and Le'Veon Bell were like the only two guys that really carried your team. Yeah. And uh, T.Y. Hilton was the, the only other player. Well, no, I take that back. Rams defense and Jets. I was going to say the only other offensive player that got you double-digit points. It's crazy to think that I scored, like, what, 124 points and I got absolutely destroyed. I mean, 122 uh, points in most weeks would do pretty good. (laughs) So it was just that kind of I agree. It's just kind of nutty. So, like, you know, as much as I'm down on my teams right now, I still scored 120 points. Can't be too down on it. I just got waxed. I just you know hit that hit that bomb shovel week, man. Where it just I went against everybody's everybody's you know the best team in each league or almost the best team in each league. Just one well, of those yeah. weeks, man. What are you gonna do? You couple that with so my league, the scoring is a little different than ours, and I I managed 154 points in my league in in the other league. And I lost 198.3 to 154 because Damn. of the guy's team. He, and that's that's with 2.6 points from Teddy Bridgewater, 7 points from Forsett, and uh, 4.5 points from Danell. Everyone else mm. on his team absolutely destroyed it. So, anyway, enough about that. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely been a, a tale of good and bad. There's not a whole lot of, like, mediocre older wide receivers. I know that, that Richard's sitting here tweeting me during the show, and uh, he mentioned Brandon Marshall. That's another good one. I mean, he's, he's definitely having a much better season than most thought, and I, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that um, Fitzpatrick is actually a competent quarterback, way more so than most people think. Uh you know, I, when when Geno Smith went down, I was thinking that Brendan Marshall and Decker both were going to have much better seasons than everybody projected initially. So yeah, um, you know, Decker was out last week, but um, you know, they're, they're both they're both having really good seasons so far. So that's that's actually you know that, that's good to see. And and how old is Marshall here? I'm trying to figure out. He's 31, so he's a year younger than. Yeah, he's right in that same. Yeah, so you know he's he's the above thirty crowd, but you know most of those guys that we were talking about earlier are like thirty four, thirty five. Um, you know, Steve Smith's like thirty eight or something crazy like that. So I think I can go suck it. Um, 
Hey forever. there. Yep, definitely <laughs> am. Um, anyway, so um, kind of transitioning into a little bit of the week four talk here. Um, talk about some injuries. You know, it's not even so much that it's like you've got to worry about the injuries for next week. A lot of these injuries really crushed teams going into, you know, for week three. You had guys that were active status and then just didn't play for whatever reason it was. You know, guys like uh, Marshawn Lynch, and am I still here? Because my uh, power is flickering on and off. So uh, if I I drop off, it is probably that. And we will see how well my generator works. I have no idea. <laughs> New house, I have no idea what's going to happen. So, yeah, if uh, – well, who was I talking about now? I got off track. Marshawn. Uh, you know, Marshawn Lynch, I don't even know what the injury was now at this point. Was It It was a hamstring. I think at first it was a back. Well, it and started then... off being a calf injury. Going, in, going into last week's game, he was questionable from Wednesday on with a calf yeah, injury, calf. and they were they talking about how yep. he's missed one game in the past, you know, three seasons or whatever it is, and, you know, he's going to suit up and play. He was, you know, part of the problem on my one team. I hate to keep referring back to it, but he got me three points. Yeah, from well, starting you know, he did a lot. It, well, exactly. Lot. I, I, I didn't realize that he had gone out as early as he did. He only had five carries and 14 yards. I mean, yep. That that kills you for a, a first yep. round back, and you know that's that's been the theme of of the show: first round backs who just aren't cutting it. And you know, at least his excuse now is injury, and now it's it yeah. sounds like it's his uh, his hamstring. Um, he he underwent an MRI today, and he'll, he'll be reevaluated later this week. So, you know, take that for what it is now, but. Uh, I mean, it's. I hate to say it, but it, I mean, this might be the year that that he isn't the beast mode that we've come to know and love in fantasy, where he just, you know, doesn't go down and bounces off of, you know, fifteen different New Orleans defenders, even though there's only eleven on the field, um, <laughs> you know, and still gets a touchdown. So yeah, we'll see here. I mean, let. I think let Lynch get healthy, and you know we'll we'll see what happens here. But that, I kind of that whole that whole Seattle offense is kind of struggling this year. But you know probably yeah. pro- probably even I don't know if you can consider this worse because you know he's definitely not as high profile as Marshall Lynch. But Chris Ivory, I mean, he got listed as average and didn't touch the ball. That that uh, kills you. That's just I, I would be so disaster. much more angry about that. I thankfully, um, for some reason, did not start him in the league. I have him. Uh, I just decided. I think. That's, I think that's actually our league. I think not that it mattered, but yeah. I. Uh, I didn't start him. All my other running backs suck too in that league. But you know, it is what it is. Um, but I, I benched him. I just. I don't know why. It was a gut feeling. I just said I don't think he's going to do much. I think Bilal Powell is, is going to carry most of the load there and decided to make the swap. And, I mean, I still didn't think he's going to get nothing. You don't usually activate people and then don't play them. That's just weird. So that uh, yeah, was another I didn't get one. that. Um, you know, uh, another one that, that that's probably really killing people is LaShawn McCoy. 
I mean, this guy looked awesome in, 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 you know, camp, everything else. He was going kind of high. Then he gets hurt in preseason, but that, you know, everybody thought he was going to be back and be good. So he was still being drafted fairly high. He was dropping a little bit. Um, but man, this guy can't get over this hamstring injury. And now, you know, this past week, thankfully he got the early reception touchdown because after that he was seen riding the bike the whole game. And Carlos Williams just absolutely took over and he looks good. Yeah. Um, I'm, so I'm glad that, I snaked him, you know, per Richard's advice last week. Uh, yeah. grabbed him on the waiver wire because he's, He's been strong, and and I think you know he's definitely uh, made his case for taking over if, if Shady's not going to be healthy, which he hasn't been. Yeah, they're talking about just resting the Sean McCoy at least this week, and you know maybe just until he's completely healthy. Which you know hamstrings can be a tricky one; they can linger. I've you know I've pulled my hamstring before; they can linger a long time. Um, yeah. You know, we all know about Drew Brees, although, you know, he's saying he's ready to come back this week. Um, but, you know, I think that's going to have to be a situation you're going to have to look out for. But even then, you know, we've talked about it plenty here. He hasn't been all that great even when he was on the field. Yeah, no, he really hasn't. And until he proves that he can be, I actually did grab him off waivers last week because I needed some help a quarterback. But I dropped him because I needed a kicker too, and and he was out. So, you know that's that's the, the I'm glad that I did because I don't know when he's coming back. Even if he comes back this week, I still don't think he's he's healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, players are always going to say that they're healthy, no matter what. And you know, some of these guys need to just swallow their pride and realize you're not helping your team by being out there not at 100%, especially if you're a Drew Brees or a Shady McCoy, you know, who was the top rushing back uh, a few years back. So Mm -hmm. these guys just need to get healthy and and get it together. Yeah, no, definitely agree. Um, You know, the biggest injury of the week, though, that can't forget about here is, is the whole Big Ben situation. Um, sprained MCL. I guess she's got a a knee contusion as well. He's got basically you know big old knee bruise. Uh, yeah. They say they're actually more concerned about them than the sprained MCL. So that that's not good. Um, he's out at least four to six weeks. Um, that's gonna all the excitement around Le'Veon Bell coming back last week kind of got shut down with that news because I I think that offense is gonna kind of struggle. With, I hate to say it, Michael Vick as the as the quarterback there. I mean, we've seen it before. Michael Vick can can have games where he looks amazing, but man, he also has games where he fumbles and just looks lost. And I'm afraid you you were going to get more of that than than the good with him. And that's kind of the way it's gone. And that's going to hurt Antonio Brown. It's going to hurt Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Heath Miller's, all those guys, they're they're really going to suffer, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I was, you know, before I picked up Breeze, I was, you know, so close to trying to trade for Roethlisberger uh, from a guy in my my other league because he's got Palmer and Roethlisberger. 
and the funny thing is that I was more more uh you know concerned about trying to offer something for Palmer a because he's been playing better you know than than Roethlisberger for the most part I mean they've been kind of neck and neck aside from last week but just because his own injured uh his injury history so I, I I'm glad that I didn't pull the trigger and trade for Roethlisberger but uh yeah I mean four to six weeks if you think about it, I mean that's about what Vic will give you in a season, anyways. So, yeah, it could be it could be like the perfect fill-in. And Vic didn't have that bad of a preseason. I mean, if I remember correctly, he played pretty decently. So he didn't yeah, really I'm not have to get all excited much. about preseason with a backup quarterback, though. No, no, you really can't, but. You know, it's still, I mean, he's still confident in his abilities. He's still fast. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't care what anyone says. He is a fast dude. And if he actually runs instead of just kind of going out and, and jogging like he, he did with the Eagles the past few years, he just didn't look like he was trying to run as hard as he should have. And, and once he did, he was gone. So, you know, if he just lets himself go and and takes that confidence with him, I I think he'll be an okay fill-in. But I I do agree it's going to hurt that team overall. And they've got a pretty tough schedule coming up. Um, Baltimore, well, it's it's a rivalry game, um, but it's it's at home uh, this Thursday night. So it's a short week. Uh, for both teams, that could just be a, a low-scoring affair. San Diego, if Philip Rivers can ever get it figured out, that could be a tough game. Arizona, chalking that one up as a loss. Um, at Kansas City, Arrowhead is a tough place to play uh, as it is, and Casey's not a bad team. And then Cincinnati in Week 8. So, I mean... They get a little bit of a respite with with Oakland and and Cleveland going into the bye week. But, uh, you know, those teams aren't necessarily going to be pushovers if if Pittsburgh is not clicking. Yeah, you know, we could see see a bad stretch of games here for – for Pittsburgh, for sure, I think uh, I think it's pretty much settled here. We don't think Michael Vick's a good pickup, but some good picks up, pick, yeah, picks ups, whatever pickups. That uh, I'm tired, man. I've had a long week and a half of work. I've been working ten hour days, man. I'm tired. Anyway, uh, uh, some other good pickups that that we've got listed down here. You know, we've, we've mentioned Carlos Williams. I, th- I think that one's pretty much a no brainer at this point. The yeah. guy that you might want to, might want to think about picking up here is Thomas Rawls of, of Seattle. You know, I think everybody thought it was going to be Fred Jackson to step in if, if Lynch couldn't play, but it was actually Thomas Rawls. Um, I had, honestly, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I had never heard of this guy until this past week, busted, busted out for over a hundred yards. Um, uh, I mean, he's he's gonna be the guy there. Um, it looks like if if Lynch can't play, so yeah. he, you know he's kind of that 
if you've got Lynch, go get him. Um, and if you're, you know, you've got some junk on your on your bench, go go ahead. Um, Rashard Matthews, if he is for some reason still out there in your league, you have to go get him now. He should not be on on uh, you know, on, on waivers anymore. This guy has been killing it this year. Um, he's he's a tenth ranked receiver in in standard leagues. You know, twenty three points last week in standard leagues. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you're going to be able to expect anything like that all the time, but he seems to be the real deal. And the and the and the, you know, I'll I'll say he's a second wide receiver, but he's actually been outperforming Landry so far. So yeah, that 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 means something there. And then, um, you know, Marvin Jones. You've got Marvin Jones written down here. That's that's a good one. This guy just scores touchdowns, and uh, he's he's kind of the. It's kind of the James Jones of the of the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, he just likes to score touchdowns, but you know he can get his yardage here and there too. But that, yeah. you know, you're you're more reliant on touchdowns from him. Sometimes I don't like him because of that, and I don't really like James Jones because of that either. But these guys seem to just produce every week, so you know why not plug him in your lineup and enjoy it. Um, Lance Dunbar, you know, you mentioned him a couple of weeks ago, and I kind of was meh about it. I'm still not really high on it. I just don't know who I would ever start this guy over. Um, the PPR leagues, obviously, he's got a lot of value. I mean, he's got, you, I don't know, 23 targets through three weeks here. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. I mean, and we mentioned, we just we said something about him earlier where uh, we were lo- looking at number of receptions for running backs, and he leads he leads the league in receptions for yeah. running backs. So yeah, obviously in PPR leagues he's good. Um, I just I don't know. I just don't really know who I would start this guy over still at this point because you're just you're just the the Dallas Cowboys have to be playing from behind or something in order for him to get touches, you know, over Randall and and McFadden. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's he's really just carves his way into being a receiving back. Like he, he's not going to be your your option to go to for pound out those like tough two to three to four yards that that you're trying to get, you know, to get a first down, you're going to throw it to him for hopefully, you know, five to, to 12 yards. Um, but I mean, he, he, I agree. It's, it's tough to try to figure out who you want to play him over, but if you're in a real deep league and he's for some reason out there, He's a guy that I'd be targeting in that that scenario, and, and even yeah. maybe for for upcoming bye weeks, um, you know, to to plug in 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 a flex spot or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, that, and that's fine. I mean, like like I said, all the all these guys are kind of you know, or at least most of these guys are just kind of you know, take a shot in the dark on them. They're good. They're good fill-ins if you need it. You could definitely do a lot worse. There's guys owned right now that you could do a lot worse with. Um, I have a lot of those guys. Uh, and the one quarterback that I think is still really under-owned is Derek Carr. This guy, like the Oakland offense is so much better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, and he looks phenomenal. I mean, two 300-yard passing games, multiple touchdowns in each game. Week one was rough for him, and I was just like, "Uh-oh, maybe the Oakland offense is way worse than I thought it was going to be." But wow, they've yeah. really come alive these last two weeks, and 
And yeah, you know, Baltimore and Cleveland don't have the best defenses, especially secondaries. But you know, this week they get Chicago. They're bad. Denver's going to be rough. Um, but yeah. you know, it's he's somebody that you can plug in on a lot of weeks, I think, and, and expects good things from. So you know, if you're struggling for quarterback help, you lost Big Ben, you lost Romo a couple weeks ago. Now you're starting Marcus Mariota. You know, then then why not go ahead and and get Derek Carr? Oh, that's funny. I just read your notes. Actually, you mentioned Mariota. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's a nice bye week <laughs> fill in for guys like Mariota yeah, and Brady. <laughs> I I wasn't. I just I wasn't looking at them just a second ago. I was just talking, and then I happened to look down. There they are. Um. So yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, if you're a lot of people went after Mariota. You know, and of course he's on bye this week, but you know he. I think that Derek Carr at this point's a little bit of an upgrade over Mariota. I mean, Mariota's still a rookie. Let's remember that. Yeah. So I don't know if you've got any other guys that, that you want to mention as far as waiver wire, but you know that was kind of my list. You know, you, I think you I think you put Jones and Dunbar down. So um, yeah. I don't know if you have anybody else. Um, no, I mean those were those were kind of the three guys that that I looked at. I mean, I fully agree with the three you had there as well. Um, but no, that, that's kind of where I'm at with waiver ads. Yeah. So, um, you know, lo- looking forward to, to week four here, the games, the matchups, let's do our normal, you know, game that we like game that we dislike and some sleeper bus picks here. I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you lead the way here, um, with, with your, your favorite week four game. Okay. Well, my, my, game that I'm picking as the best fantasy game this week is going to be the KC at Cincinnati game. You've got Cincinnati with Dalton and Green and Jones, you know, aside from the running game, but those guys are coming off a huge game against Baltimore. It was a back and forth game, um, you know, towards the end there, and they all just put up monster numbers. Uh, I mean, Jones was, was a monster, but he was very, uh, very good for his owners. So KC coming off of, of the Monday night game last night, you know, they were really in a down the majority of that game to green Bay. So all they had to do was pass it. And, you know, they, they caught back up and made more of a game out of it. So, I think it's going to be another tough road contest for them. Um, I think Cincy will pull out the win at home, but I think this is going to could potentially be another high-scoring affair for both teams, and uh, I like it. Yeah, uh, that's, that's definitely a good one there. Um, strangely enough, I like the Giants at Buffalo. Um you know, Giants are on the road, but it's because you can't really call it in-state since the Giants play in Jersey. But that said, um, you know, it's it's not that far of a trip for them. They can still stay at you know, maybe they can stay at home. I don't know. But, you know, it's not that far of a trip. Buffalo's defense has been able to be scored on, minus last week against Miami. Um, yeah. The Giants seem to have a competent enough offense to put up some points. Um, the Buffalo secondary has actually been the most susceptible part of that uh, defense there. So that that's some that's a game that I think 
could just go some points. Buffalo's obviously proven that they've got a much better offense than I think advertised, even with McCoy not there. So I like that one. The game that I don't like, um, I will go away from the one that is obvious because I think that's the one you're going to pick. Um, but the one that I like the least is actually Baltimore-Pittsburgh. I know both offense or both defenses aren't really what they used to be. So, you know, these games used to be knockout, drag out, you know, 13-round matches, you know, uh, where they're just trading punches, defensively at least. But, you know, no Big Ben, so we'll see how that offense, you know, gets prepared on a short week. It's the Thursday night game. Baltimore... Yeah, they can put up points, but Pittsburgh seems to do pretty well against them, no matter how bad their defense is. Um, and so I kind of think that one could be a fairly low-scoring game. And I don't know, even though Steve Smith has torn it up, I still, for some reason, have a tough time trusting that Baltimore offense. Yeah, I, I that was one of the games I was thinking about going with. To, to me, there really wasn't a horrible, horrible game. But, you know, like you said, mine, the one that I'm picking is the Jets, you know, air quotes at Miami. Uh, this is the game that's going on in London and will be on at 9.30 in the morning here on Sunday. Uh, I mean, it's an away game for both of these teams. They're going to a different country to play. So, uh, you know, I, I just don't see this being like a real great game. Um, I think, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be some players that can get some decent points, like, like Rashard Matthews. I'd look to him to get some decent points and, and maybe uh, maybe Landry. But you're still going up against, you know, a solid Jets defense. So mm-hmm. Miami didn't really do squat against Buffalo's defense last week until the end of that game. So I just don't see this as a high-scoring game as it is, and I'm just not excited about it. Yeah, there haven't been a lot of high-scoring games in in uh, the London series. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the scores now. You know, forty. You know, the Patriots put up 45, but their opponents only put up seven. You know, one of the yeah. highest-scoring games was a couple of years ago: Vikings and Steelers. They both scored, you know, almost 30 points each. But you yeah. usually got some pretty lower end on the over under scores there. So yeah, no, that that's a that's a good one to pick there. Um so you want to start with sleepers or busts here to finish this off? Um let's start with the busts. I'll go all right. mine. I'll just yeah, bring all my, my my three off here. So my my quarterback bust this week is uh is Philip Rivers. Um you know, you you look at this game and you think that okay, well, San Diego's playing Cleveland. Um, you know, it's a home game. They should win the game, but Rivers just hasn't looked great this year, and mm-hmm. I just don't. He's just not really in a rhythm yet. I think he'll get there, but I mean, he's got two turnovers per game. Uh, in all three games so far. And I do think Cleveland will have the ability to force some turnovers. Um, they still got Joe Hayden, you know, patrolling 
against the receivers, so he'll probably be matched up with Keenan Allen. I just don't I don't like Rivers this week. I mean, the matchup on paper looks like it's a good comeback game for him, but I don't, I'm not buying it. Um, my running back bust, who we talked about earlier, C.J. Anderson. Hmm. Um, That's what I'm looking at. So I got to pick somebody it, else now. <laughs> what's that? Oh, yeah, I just don't. I'm just worried about him. Like I said, I think it's it's going to be kind of an uphill battle for him. He's not really producing, and you know he's going up against a not a, the worst defense with, with Minnesota, but you know they haven't really given up a, a a lot of yards aside from Week One when Carlos Hyde went off on him for almost 200 yards and two touchdowns. They've really kind of locked it down. So I'm worried about him this week um, and beyond, to be honest. But um, And then keeping with that, that same game, uh, my wide receiver bust is Mike Wallace. Um, I mean, he's had an okay season so far, but, you know, Bridgewater was awful last week. And you're going up a Denver defense who is, you know, top-notch against opposing receivers. So I just don't think Wallace has a great week this week. Um, I, I don't think Minnesota is going to win that game. I don't know if it's even going to be close. Um, so those are my those are my bust picks for this week. Yeah, those are all good ones. Um, I'm going to go with Joe Flacco as my bust quarterback. I think a lot of people are liking him because of the Steelers' defense, and you know he did have a pretty good week. Week three against Cincinnati's, you know, usually tough defense. Uh, but that, that game turned into kind of a shootout there, you know, in the second half. So that was just kind of the, the way the way it rolled for him. Uh, my running back, you kind of took the one I was looking at. I am going to go with, you know, a, a lot of people are, are really on, on him this week. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Joseph Randall. I just, you know, if you look at the game there, he had all of his, most of his points in the first half there. And um, all three of his touchdowns came really early. And then he was kind of shut down. Um, And so New Orleans... Yeah, it doesn't have a very good defense, but it's at New Orleans. It's always a fairly tough place to play. I kind of think people are going to get real disappointed with Joseph Randall this week. And and my my receiver that I'm looking at is actually going to be uh, Calvin Johnson. I think um, I'm a little lower on him than it, than a lot of people. You know, Stafford hasn't been great. He hasn't been targeted downfield very much. That has a lot to do with the offensive line there. And Seattle's defense looked phenomenal with Cam Chancellor back. And I realize it was the Bears with, without Jay Cutler and without Alshon Jeffrey. And yeah, Detroit's probably a huge upgrade from that. But I just think that Seattle is going to shut them down and Calvin Johnson is going to struggle struggle this week. All right. Yeah, that's, uh, that was my pick from last week, and yeah, I, I, it's it's tough to see such a big name coming coming down on the bust for two weeks straight. But uh, yeah, I agree with it. Um, 
So my sleeper picks this week, um, a guy that we already talked about and sounds like you're kind of down on, but I'm going to stick with quarterback on the opposite side of that Baltimore-Pittsburgh game, and I'm going with Michael Vick. I, I, I think that, you know, he's going to have a full week of practice with the first-team offense. Well, not a full week because it's a short week, but he'll be working with the first-team offense where he usually isn't. Um, he didn't really have to do too much in that game last week once he took over. This game, like you said, it's going to be a battle of a game. I still think it's going to be low scoring, but I think he's going to be able to break out and and produce against Baltimore. I mean, you look what Andy Dalton did to them, and you know Andy Dalton at this point in their careers is a better quarterback than Vic, but. I just think I like Vic. I'm going to leave it at that. But um, my right. running backs, my running back sleeper is uh, Latavius Murray. Um, I mean, he's. I don't know if you can really call him a sleeper because he's been he's been pretty solid this year as it is. Um, but overall, I, you know, I, I I like his matchup a lot. Uh, I, I like what he's done. I think that he's going to just come out and and really lay one out there. Um, you know, Chicago just gave up 100 yards to somebody nobody even heard of in, in Raw. <laughs> right. So, you know, if Beast Mode was healthy, just think about what would have happened in that game. And, and you know, you've, got a, you've got a healthy Murray coming into that game, and, you know, he's looking he's looking to build on that that performance against Cleveland, you know, which was also a road game, you know, touchdowns two straight weeks. I think he makes it three. Um, and my sleeper wide receiver here is uh, Mr. Former Eagle, Jeremy Macklin. Um, again, I, I touched on the, the KC Green Bay game um, and, and it being a, you know, a shootout at the end uh, with, with KC coming back. But in the second half of that game, I mean, man, Macklin was was a monster. Eight receptions, 141 yards, and a touchdown for the game. So I think uh, I think Smith is going to be looking at him. I think he's going to play the role of Steve Smith this week against that Cincinnati team, and I, I think he's really going to step up and and be the go-to guy. So those are my picks for the week. All right, uh, my my sleeper quarterback for the week is actually going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know you know we're saying how that that might be a low scoring game over there, but this Miami defense has not been good this year. As yeah, I'm I'm surprised. Um, the they've been okay against quarterbacks, but um, that was helped out immensely by playing Washington in week one, who, as we can all figure out by now, has a terrible offense. Uh, but they they allow a lot of points to Jacksonville, a lot of points to Buffalo. So that, that Miami defense is struggling pretty good there. Um, maybe not so much a sleeper, but I do want to make sure I mention him. Um, is Arian Foster uh, coming back? For for week four, if he does come back, I mean, absolutely, you got to put him in your lineup. Um, he gets 
He gets Atlanta, who, as we just saw, got torched by the Dallas Cowboy running game. And yes. but but the the guy that I'm gonna I'm gonna point out here is is Carlos Williams. It, it's looking like it's looking like LaShawn McCoy is gonna miss Week Four. Uh, so if that's the case, I think Carlos Williams is gonna be is, is gonna have himself quite a game against the Giants defense that that's been struggling against the against the run here. And then for wide receiver. I'm not noticing a whole lot of guys that I that I'm you know sleeping on as compared to you know or you know people seem to be sleeping on. Um, I will say that the Dante Moncrief has has kind of crept up, and you know we mentioned he he took over. He's kind of seemed to have taken over that wide receiver two role, and I still I still just have to believe this Colts offense is going to figure it out. They they did look a lot better in the second half of the game against Tennessee this weekend. Moncrief's been yeah. a big reason why Hilton's back finally. Um, Gore looked good, but you know against Jacksonville, I I think that Moncrief can have himself a sneaky good game. He scored in three straight. I think he's going to make it four. You know, give himself you know five catches, fifty, sixty, seventy yards, and he will uh, he will have himself a fairly nice game there. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So, uh, R- Robert, I will make sure that uh, Robert's sitting there giving his his namesake here uh, some some love, and he he likes Robert Woods, so he's going like ultimate sleeper here. <laughs> I've got I've got Robert Woods. Uh, Ranked all the way, I don't even know if I have him ranked. He's ranked number 74 on so-called fantasy experts this week. Uh, a couple a couple of the guys here, Dave Ganos. And, uh, oh, no, I guess I, I have him ranked 70th. So me me and Dave Ganos both have Robert Woods ranked 70th this week. And so he got ranked 74th overall in the in the wide receiver rankings. So to that that is uh that is definitely sleeper value there if you if you want to take your chances on a guy who has nine receptions on the entire year you you have some fun but uh I won't be going quite that deep in my in my picks if uh, if I could help it so anyway that is all the show I have um I will call it a night and be sure to listen back next week same time, same channel, and AJ, you got anything else to add? No, one other potential sleeper. I had him listed last week with uh, Isaiah Kral. Um I mean, he's going up a really weak San Diego defense, so if he manages to be able to get enough touches, he could he could be pretty useful. But other than that, no, I'm good. <laughs> okay, so you did have something else to add, but okay. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> So on that note, we will uh, call it a night, and everybody, good luck this week. All right, enjoy. 